0: Welcome to another episode of Ryan's Method Passive Income Podcast. Here's your host, Ryan Hoag. What's up, everybody? Today, I'm joined by eBay expert, the primetime treasure hunter. What is up, Dominic?
1: Hey, thanks for having me here, Ryan. I really appreciate it. This is fun.
0: Hey, I'm glad you could join me. It wasn't, what was it, like two days ago yesterday that I emailed you and asked you to be on the, uh, the, the channel?
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, you know, uh, when another uh, YouTuber reaches out to me and, uh, you know, wants to collaborate, I'm all for it. So uh, and, I, and I really love doing crossover things. Like, I like to invite people onto my channel who are in, like, different niches or niches. Uh, so when you invited me to do the same thing, I was like, well, this is exactly what I try to do on my channel, so it's perfect.
0: Yeah, it is, um, and yeah, I mean, collaborations are a great way of of growing your channel. And so, why don't we start by just introducing the content that you are putting out on your channel to my audience?
1: Sure. Uh, so, as you can tell by the name, Primetime Treasure Hunter, I like to hunt for treasures. <laughs> so, uh, I have a lot of videos on my channel in which I'm going out to places like estate sales and garage sales and flea markets and and rummage sales or uh, private picks that I set up through ads that I place on on Craigslist or even ones that I ads that I actually respond to and go out and look and try to source for things low and then to you know find a deal and flip it high onto primarily eBay that's where I have the vast majority of my uh, listings are there. Occasionally we put some things on Facebook marketplace or Craigslist ourselves or a local marketplace app to flip it. Those would tend to be like bigger, heavier items like furniture and stuff like that. Uh, But for the vast majority of stuff that we get, um, you know, we're we're shipping it out uh, through eBay. So my channel has a lot of those actual treasure hunts. You'll see me actually go to the estate sale, for example, or go to the flea market and I take you through the place show you what I'm looking uh, for, why I picked it up or why I didn't pick it up, what I expect to get out of it. I do a what sold uh, video every month. So it shows the top 10 items in terms of value and profit that's sold in my eBay store. And I have a lot of educational videos too in terms of trying to teach people different things about reselling, about how eBay works, things to look out for. We call them bolos, things to be on the lookout for. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we have those types of videos. And then I do an interview show every Wednesday evening at 9 p.m. Uh, Eastern Standard Time. So that's the that's the basics of what I have uh, on my channel. I, as you could see from behind me, I do a lot with comic books, Mm -hmm. (laughs) so uh, I I love to flip those. I buy whole collections by the hundreds or the thousands, and I flip those. But I sell anything and everything that has potential value, mostly stuff, though, that is vintage and collectible.
0: Got it. And um, it sounds almost like Storage Wars. Yeah,
1: (laughs) it it, it is, um, you know, there is a competitive aspect to it, you know, especially when you're going to the state sales and there's a bunch of people who have lined up ahead of time uh, and you're trying to get on a list to get into the house first. And then when you get in the house, you're trying to compete with people in terms of where to look for the treasure and to find it first. And so Mm -hmm. it's fun. And I I document that stuff uh, uh, on the videos. Uh, But one of the things I always tell people is that if you have the knowledge, then even if there were a bunch of people that went ahead of you, even if you went the second day to an estate sale, you missed out totally on the first day, you usually could still find something. And that's another thing that channel is about is trying to teach people about those types of things they could, they could find.
0: That's awesome. And what was yeah. your best like score in the uh, comic book realm? I'm sure you've had at least one good one that you can talk about.
1: Oh yeah. Um, I'd say my favorite one ever. This is a funny, kind of a little funny story. Is I, I told you that I put these ads out on Craigslist in which I'm telling people, hey, listen, if you have a comic book collection or if you have any other things you're looking to get rid of, any other collectibles, let me know. And you know, I'll be more than happy to meet up with you and we could, you know, try to work out a deal. So a guy contacts me, he said he initially sends me this picture of a trailer with just a bunch of boxes and stuff. It didn't really actually look that interesting. It looked like furniture pieces and stuff. So I said, Well, I don't know if you exactly have what I'm looking for. He's like, No, 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 come over, check it out, you'll see. So I go over, check it out. And the first day I go over, I, you know, I got a lot of stuff, a lot of collectibles. And I said to him, I said, Do you have comic books? And he said, Yeah. He goes, but I don't have them here. I have them, I have them home. So I said, okay. So next time we meet up again. And he says, "Oh, yeah, you said you wanted those comic books, right?" He said, I said, "Yeah, he says, okay, here's here's a box or a couple boxes, and we just made a deal for it. I flipped through it real quick, did not look through all the issues, just saw that there were some older comics. So we he just threw it in was not a lot of money at all. Like I'm talking like literally based on everything I bought from him, I paid less than a dollar per comic book. Mm-hmm. So I have all these things that I bought from him, literally come home with all this stuff, like truckloads of stuff." and i have this box one of the box of comic books that he saw me that he sold me sitting next to me right in this space for about a year or so i didn't even get to it so one day i decided to just go through it some more and look at and i pulled out what's called giant size x-men number one which is one of the holy grails for comic book collectors to have and uh i listed it and it was in like we call mid range condition. So it did have some condition flaws to it. It wasn't perfect, but it wasn't horrible considering I paid less than a dollar for it. I sold it in minutes for $1,250.
0: Wait, let me see. And, Is this it right here? I'm going to share my screen. So <laughs> everybody can get a visual.
1: Yeah. And that- that- Yeah. Yeah. And now, now those are graded copies. Yeah. Yeah, that exactly. Now that's a graded one. So that's graded and slab by CGC and it's a 9.8. So it's near mint plus. And those are extremely challenging to find it like that. So again, mine was a raw mid grade copy. It was just a quick flip for 1250. That book has actually gone up significantly now in value because of, um, you know, new stuff that Marvel is going to be doing with, with the Mm -hmm. X-Men. So uh, but yeah, but no, it was, it was a great, quick, flat, fast flip. And I, I found it funny because I didn't even know that I had it sitting next to me for a year, right yeah, that was right there. That's awesome. Crazy. That was, I
0: bet that was a nice day.
1: <laughs> that, that was awesome. That was a great, that was definitely great.
0: Yeah, that's, that's awesome, man. So yeah. on my channel, we talk a lot about, uh, print on demand. Um, I was kind of talking to you earlier about how, when I started eBay, I was thinking I would be talking mainly about selling like physical products right on places like amazon um probably similar to you yep. i got my start uh selling on ebay but i was i think eight years later than you i think my first sale was like 2007 um, okay and i i didn't def- i mean i was still in high school at that time so i didn't like really see the opportunity i mean i probably could have right. just shifted over like quit dropped out of high school and went full-time ebay and been a lot better off than uh you know now <laughs> than i am now but um no complaints but can you give us any tips as far as selling print on demand products on eBay? Like I basically cover how we can uh farm the work out to other companies to fulfill our orders after we sure. make a sale, but what are right. some like tips that we can do to gain exposure from your experience?
1: Well, uh in terms of gaining exposure, uh there's there's lots of different things. I mean, now the first thing I'm going to mention to you is a little bit controversial which is cuz some people don't like to do it which is called prom- promoted listings. eBay does does have that ability to promote your listing so you gain extra exposure, but you pay a fee if the item sells after somebody click the link. Now, generally I don't advise doing that the initially as soon as you put your item up on eBay because when you put your item up initially on eBay That is like when it's going to get the maximum exposure from eBay because they see it. Their algorithm sees it as, wow, this is new. They love new. They love new something active and fresh. They tag it as
0: new and they do the email thing too, right? Do you ever subscribe to get the daily emails? Like I subscribe to a couple lists where I kind of know the value of items and I'll buy and flip them uh
1: i i don't now i used to do that when i was more of a a buyer and i was like for example when i was buying things for my comic collection i had set up those lists and alerts and stuff but right right now i'm not i have so much stuff that i've sourced from local sales and stuff i don't really need to go on eBay right now to, to source stuff. But yeah, you, you could definitely you could definitely do that. But no, I haven't haven't uh, done that any time recently. But uh, but yeah, so so it does treat it new and fresh. And like you said, it would give you like an alert. You wake up the next morning on your phone. If you happen to have those keywords, it would say, hey, listen, this person has this listing that you might like. Uh, so I wouldn't promote it. I wouldn't pay money to promote it, at least within those first seven days for sure because that's when it's the most fresh and it might just automatically sell now unless there was something with your item that that you either described it wrong or you pictured it wrong and there was some reason that was there, there could be there could be something that was really dragging down your views that you would want to fix and you would want to address those things if you could maybe you misspelled something and that's why you know your views were low so you want to check that you want to make sure you're monitoring your view count. Um, but if if everything checked out okay, that may be a reason why you want to elevate your item with a promoted listing. It could be something that's more obscure or you could be in a, in an area that's very saturated. So there's tons of competition for it. And really the only way to get it to stand out more is to promote it. But if you could withhold promoting it for, I would say, you know, let it go through one cycle, preferably, unless you really, really had really a big struggle with view count, I'd wait the 30 days, let it go through. And then even then I would tend to not only promote unless the item was something that was 20 bucks or less, because once it gets above that, the fee that they start taking out for most people just starts to become too high and you likely would sell an item like that anyway. That's above $20 if you just waited long enough and started using other options I'm gonna to talk to you about now, which is um, offers to watchers. That is a great uh, thing to do. In fact, a lot of buyers on eBay now have caught on to this. So, what they're doing is they're just watching items because they are hoping that you, as the seller, are going to send them an offer. Uh, so, you want, as the seller, to take that into account and have your items priced up a little bit high with a little bit of a, a little bit of a cushion, knowing that you might be either receiving offers or, or sending offers out. Uh, some people like to put things as just buy it now only and not have the opportunity for offers. But if you open it up to offers, that's going to, um, entice more people to look at your, your listing because people like to get a deal. So either, either, yeah, yeah, either, either a deal that you're sending to them or they like to get a deal because they sent you an offer and felt like they got a little bit off of it. So, Yeah, uh, I like
0: that plan. I mean, and I'm, I'm a sucker too. Like, I feel like I've definitely made offers on things that were marked up and felt like I got a deal when I probably didn't get a deal. Like, I'm an eBay <laughs> shopper, so I know exactly what you're talking about. And plus, you know, one thing that I love talking about on my channel with e-commerce, this is one thing that I love about sending offers to watchers is I always... It's like the first thing that I kind of teach and I have some courses too when I'm trying to teach people from kind of like the ground up is shifting your mindset to seeing things from the buyer or the seller perspective instead of the buyer perspective but then it's like almost like you got to go full circle and see things from the buyer perspective as a seller you, you know do. it's like how what is the best way to convert somebody it's honestly to like drive engagement which if you're sending an offer to a watcher like you're getting in their inbox right and they're seeing your product exclusively and yep. they're only a couple clicks away from owning it. It's brilliant. You know, I love it.
1: hundred percent. I mean, my view on, and I, I totally agree with that. You have to be able to shift perspective. Look at your own listing, by the way, as if you were the person who might buy it and say to yourself, if I was looking at this listing, would I buy it? Would I buy it that I have a picture of my feet in the photograph? <laughs> would I buy it that the that the book I'm trying to sell is is on a diagonal and half right. of it's cut off by the margins? You know, would I buy it? <laughs> I, I I saw, for example, take comic books, right? Um, a mini series with four issues in it. I'm looking at my competition, and my competition takes one comic of the four and lists that, and that's it. No other pictures, just one picture. So I don't care how good they say their, their items are. I'm pricing mine higher than that because I also know that there are buyers out there looking at that and saying, eh, I'm not confident about that. I would want to see more. So remember, mm-hmm. they're not there physically to see it. So you want to try to uh, show them uh, you know, th- the various angles that they would want to see depending on whatever the product is. That leads to one other point, though, that a lot of people might not know about with eBay. Don't just use one picture. When you use two pictures, eBay has to go store that on a separate server. And the fact that they have to do that actually gives the the, um, the listing more of a preference in in eBay because there's multiple pictures involved. So uh they, they actually like that. They like to see that.
0: That's good to know. Yeah, the what yeah. the um primary service we use to sell print on demand on uh, ebay is called printful i know some people have some other preferences but i'm pretty sure across the board all of them upload at least two photos i mean it depends on the products like we can sell a bunch of different products but for the most part even if you push a t-shirt in one color i think it uploads a sizing chart with it so um but yeah for sure the biggest thing i see the biggest hesitancy i see as a buyer is when i'm like looking at the listing and i'm like what's wrong you know like my brain shifts gears before i hit buy and i'm like all right, now what is wrong with this listing? Like, is there not enough photos? Is it like low seller feedback or only one feedback? You know, you know how the bots are or you Absolutely. know fake accounts are.
1: Absolutely, and really, the the if I were to tell you what the number one thing is that's wrong with with listings, and there's a close second to it, but the number one thing are the are the pictures. If you go through, you type in any item that you're looking for on eBay, and you look at whatever the competition is for it, the photographs are often really poor um they're either sometimes they're not well lit so you have to make sure you're invested in good lighting i have three led ring lights shining on me right now that i use for photographs for my items we have a light box that we use for smaller items like jewelry pieces that we want to
0: yeah i've got uh, the whole lighting studio set up too i got the ring and then two uh studio lights and yeah, yeah i ended up investing in them too
1: yeah, but you, you, you need to do that kind of stuff. You need to invest in it. And, you know, you also, like, let's say it's a really big picture, like a big poster that you want to take a picture of. And you need to really better capture that in daylight and lay that out in daylight. Don't sacrifice that. Like, don't be impatient and just take the picture at night where now you have a dark picture and people can't see what the item is. Uh, again, fi- this sounds silly, but feet in the photos is a big thing. People keep doing that. They keep putting their their feet in the photos because they snap the, the the picture down, looking like this, and they don't they don't trim, they don't crop, anything like that. Another have thing. Have you
0: seen the? Uh, sorry to cut you off. Have you seen the yeah. like the funny photos of like somebody taking a picture of like a metal bowl and it's like a reflection of them naked in the. <laughs>
1: <laughs> right. That, <laughs> that is another. That is another thing, right? You have to look at a lot of people don't think about that if it's a shiny. Object like that, you've got to look. Wait a minute, am I in the picture staring down with my phone? (laughs) Exactly, like yeah. Some of the stuff that that's in there is is amazing. Oh, or is the background totally messy and sloppy? Like I've seen pictures of people. They'll take a picture of their item, like on their kitchen table, with like a Captain Crunch cereal box, a bag of half-eaten Doritos, you know, pizza. (laughs) It's like Mm -hmm. you. So you want to make sure it looks professional. The other thing that I see is a big mistake is not maximizing your use of keywords uh, in a title. So you have to think of what people are going to search for to find your item. And you've got to put that in there. You don't have to make your title sound like you're writing a thesis. Okay. It just, it doesn't have to grammatically even flow. You just have to make sure that you have the main terms right up front. And then you have any other thing related to it that people would search for. <clears throat> in there in that in that title and also ebay does search descriptions too so you also want to make sure whatever you can't fit into the title get that stuff into the description that's huge a lot of people just they just put like a few words in the beginning of the title and they leave all this empty space or sometimes fill it with things they waste their time filling it with things that people are not going to ever search for so they'll type in look at this great deal free shipping yeah. No one's going to type that. No one's going to search for, look at this great deal, free." Sh-. It's but sort
0: of wasting their time. I hear you, man. I also like to like, you know, I, I quit my job as a web developer about a year ago, but like I'll go in and like when I upload my photos to the listing, I'll grab the image source from the primary and then I'll go into the HTML view of the description and kind of like drop it in there and like float it and it make it look a little bit more professional. Like I yeah. just feel like it's something more than any little thing like that in my mind that's like a little bit more than what's usual gives that buyer the extra reassurance, you know, that you're not just some like crappy, like, I don't right. Know,
1: right. Exactly. You want to make sure you look professional and you literally just hit on what I talked about in the last video that I uploaded on my channel, which the actual title was of it was called most people would not do this, but it paid off. And what had to do with was that I went out sourcing out of state sale. I found, uh, over 500, Uh, kodak slides from the 1940s and what i did is i you know lifted them up one by one and i shown them through the light and any picture that looked interesting i i actually took a picture of it and by shining it on the white light i could actually see what the photo actually looked like and then i picked the best ones out and i put those into my listing and cropped everything out made it look very made it look very professional Uh, but but that's the key is I took the extra step. Like you just said, you want to go the extra mile. Like I said, with that competitor with the comic book series, who only had one of the four comics listed, what are your competitors doing? How can you make it? Even if it's just one step better to go to extra mile, that could be the differentiator that makes your, like you said, customer conversion that leads you to convert that customer.
0: I love it, man. And um, the reason I actually wanted to invite you onto the to channel for an interview just like the first thing that I thought this would be really beneficial just to share with, you know, the subscribers had to do with uh, a video that e- that uh, YouTube suggested to me. So that's how I found you about a new fee that eBay is implementing. I noticed that they have been breaking away from PayPal and, um, you know, I'm spread pretty thin across the board with all of the like little <laughs> right. ventures I'm doing. But I did notice the like increased sequence of emails from eBay and like, hey, make sure you fill this out by this date. And I'm like, are they? getting rid of PayPal. And it seems like they are. And um, yeah. also hitting us with this new dispute feed. Do you want to talk about that for a second?
1: Yeah. So this is actually where some of the controversy comes into is um, use of the word new. So use of the word new is is relative. I did use the word new on my video and I stand by it. Uh, and I'll explain to you why in a moment. So uh, basically the history of this, like, like you said, is that eBay and PayPal were connected at one point. Uh, PayPal was doing the processing, and so they were always collecting a 2.9 percent fee plus 30 cents on every transaction. Well, after a while, you know, eBay saw this and was like, "Well, this is all money that we're losing." Not only that, they're losing the ability to, um, you know, get involved in you know dispute mediation fin- financially, and in addition to that, uh, they're losing insights into what's going on with the payment processing. So. Uh, They decided to break away, and uh, they started in 2018 to roll out um, their own platform, eBay being the ones who are intermediating the the payment, so not using PayPal. And they started transitioning more over to that in um, uh, in, in 2019, 2020, Uh, but... There's still not every seller is 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 on this. So it is okay. still rolling out. They expect it now to be done by the end of this year, which is a little bit I of Now I get a, emails
0: from them like every other yeah. day, like your payout is now done. I'm like, uh-uh. I'm like, I don't like these emails, just pay me.
1: <laughs> right. So they're actually using a company called Adyen, A-D-Y-E-N, behind the scenes. But the thing is, is that the buyer doesn't see that at all. And neither mm. does the, the seller. It looks like everything's being done through eBay. So eBay is essentially processing the the payments now, and that, it, it, there's good and bad about it. The good is that it does open it up to you know many more forms of payment that they can now that eBay can now process, and everything's all done in one spot. So you don't have to go over to PayPal anymore to do that. So, okay. So with regards to the fee, so previously if a buyer disputed a transaction, what they normally would do in the vast majority of cases is they would go to eBay. And then eBay would reach out to you as the seller and try to find a way that you and the buyer could work things out. Rarely, rarely did a buyer go over to PayPal to try to initiate the dispute. Once in a while they did, and the ones that tended to do that usually tended to be people who were trying to scam the seller, okay? Now, uh, PayPal did have a pretty good reputation of protecting sellers and those types of disputes, so it was very rare for, uh, now this is all anecdotal, but it was very rare for buyers to get, uh, I'm sorry, for sellers to get hit with a $20 dispute fee based on a chargeback, so it was basically a chargeback fee. Got it. So. Um that sometimes happened, but again, it, it was rare. So now going over to eBay, if a buyer is going to dispute something at this point and try to do a chargeback, the seller is going to get a message now from eBay. That's who it's going to come from. And that's what's going to seem as new. Now, what some people say is that, number one, well, it's not really new because PayPal had it. Well, Yes. PayPal had it, but again, it really didn't come up often because buyers tended to go through eBay. They didn't tend to go over to PayPal. So, but now there's not going to be a a choice really if a buyer wants to dispute something and do a chargeback. Now it has to come through one place because eBay is processing all of the payments. Now, here's the other thing about it being new. What does new really mean? Because when eBay rolled out managed payments and they put their policy in place, it does say in their policy that there's just going to be this dispute fee. It's in there if you read it. It wasn't like a big announcement went out to everybody that everybody saw it. Uh, and if you're just coming over to managed payments for the first time, and it's still happening, people are still not on it. I got on it for the first time at the end of last year. And then you get hit with one of these dispute fees, it's going to be new to you because you are just coming onto it for the first time. So this is some of the things like people have said in response to the video is, well, it's not new because PayPal had it, or it's not new because eBay's managed payment has been out for a while. But yeah, but they only initially rolled it out to a select amount of people when it first started. And again, as I just said, there's still a lot of people that aren't even on it yet. So it's basically a, a chargeback fee, and um, if, the, if the person opens up a, a, a chargeback uh, or like a fraud claim, uh, if a buyer does yeah, that. Do say, can church? you share
0: the story real quick that you shared on your video, yeah. just like a brief synopsis? Because I, yeah, I know the that brief- people watching are like, this isn't going to apply to me. No one's going to do a chargeback. but
1: <laughs> Right, and actually, if you go through my video on that, you'll see a lot of people actually responded and said they got hit with the same kind of uh, fee. So, the long and short of the story is this is um, a reseller colleague of mine who i who I have known for a while, and uh, he reached out to me and he was like, "Hey, what the heck is, what the heck's going on with this?" And the story he told me was that uh, he sold a T shirt, which will be something your uh your viewers could identify with with a T shirt. It was like a thirty dollar t shirt It was an international sale, and he shipped it off, and for whatever reason, it wound up getting stuck in customs. And it was stuck there for about a month and they were monitoring the tracking and the buyer reached out to the seller, let them know, hey, listen, it looks like this is getting sent back to you, but I still want the T-shirt. So the seller's like, okay, yeah, sure. You know, when I get it back, we'll, we'll work it out and find out how to figure out how to do that. Well, the buyer apparently changes his mind after a couple of days after like 3 days Our and, worst
0: nightmare
1: <laughs> yeah doesn't communicate with the seller and opens up a fraud a fraud claim for reasons you know we don't know there was nothing fraudulent that went on but just opened up a fraud claim to get his money back plus the shipping so i guess just had a change of mind and said okay i want my money back and this is the way i'll do it i'll open up a fraud claim with my credit card company so the seller still doesn't have the item back cuz it's in in transit from this customs place and you know i've heard some people say well at this point the 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 seller should have just refunded the the buyer uh, I don't agree with that because unless you're Amazon, I don't know of other places that are refunding things without getting the item back. And the only reason Amazon could really do that is because they're forcing their third party sellers to issue the, the refund because they don't want they don't want to deal with it. So they can make them do that. They could absorb right. it. But we're, remember, we're talking on eBay about people who are just, you know, they're running small businesses you know, by themselves, that kind of thing. So Uh, he, he, the seller is confused of what's going on and he thinks maybe he's getting scammed. So he disputes this claim that has come, you know, towards him from, from the buyer. Now he, he says he did not see anything warning him about a $20 fee. I've had some people say they've seen the warning. I've had other people tell me they haven't seen a warning about it. It might depend on whether or not you get this message from eBay on their app or on their desktop because as of right now those two things are not well integrated they're they're, they're different experiences and things mm-hmm. show up differently on on each one so I'm not sure because I didn't get the actual email but um, the bottom line is that he did challenge it and he he w- they found against him so he now owed the thirty dollars back you know including the shipping and the twenty dollar fee from the dispute because he challenged mm-hmm. the the chargeback. And I've heard some people say, well, the money doesn't really go to eBay. It goes to the credit card company. No, the money goes to eBay. eBay has literally said that money comes to us. Now they'll say they're, they're trying to recover money that they got hit with from like a charge from the, from the credit card company. But the way the the buy the way the seller is going to see it is that this is coming from eBay. And eBay is telling me I owe this money. And there, eBay, now that they control your money, they could go right into your account and they could take it right out. They could freeze your funds and grab it because now they have direct access to it, whereas they didn't have that direct access before. So now they can because they they have the information on your on your bank account and that sort of stuff. So you have to really be uh, careful now I, I will say that uh he did complain and he did reach somebody within ebay for business who was able to uh hear him out and they eventually did drop that uh fee and they 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 gave him the 20 bucks back but he had a he had a fight for that and there's no guarantee that you're going to be able to get that uh, back so it is a risk if you do want to uh, challenge it so you definitely have to be uh you have to be more careful now
0: Yeah, that's – I just was thinking as you are talking about it that, like, maybe there is a silver lining and, like, this could help deter – I'm just thinking out loud this may not actually apply, but it could help maybe deter a lot of, like, the new accounts that pop up with zero reviews, zero sales that are selling, like, fake stuff, you know? Like, one of the things I like to flip is, like, luxury shoes where sometimes they get listed super cheap, and um, there are definitely – like factories that specialize in making the knockoffs and whenever you start seeing like one shoe pop up overnight with like 10 new sellers and they all have zero feedback and it's like maybe this will deter them uh from making sales that people realize are fake return it and dispute and
1: sure sure i mean like, like anything else there there's usually always a silver lining like i even said with managed payments there's good things about it there's bad things about it. I think the things that are that are bad about it that sellers don't like eventually is gonna work its way out like initially you couldn't sell coins through managed payments for uh, several months and now that's just opening up again where you could where you could do that so you know things about it that were bad that people don't, didn't like you know will slowly start to get better and, and another thing that'll probably improve is um, how fast it takes the money to get into your account uh, because it's not instant anymore. Remember with PayPal, someone, you know, buyer paid you that money went straight into your PayPal account and you had immediate access to it. That's not the case now with managed payments. You do have to wait uh, a day or more uh, to be able to get those funds. So, uh, so yeah, you're right. Silver lining.
0: Hey, this has been a great interview and very informative as far as eBay goes. Now I forgot to mention at the beginning of the video, but I'm sure my viewers already knew that I would put your, um, a link to your channel right there at the top of the description guys so go show them some love check out the uh primetime treasure hunters channel dominic man it's been great having you on the channel
1: hey i appreciate it very much and uh it was great to uh, see your audience and maybe i'll see some of them over at the channel uh say hi let me know you came over from uh from ryan here i'd, I'd love to know that thanks
0: thanks for being here man